T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. They build wooden houses on frozen ponds in the summertime when the water's gone. Audio cut of the day coming up a little bit later this hour here, right after we visit with a few folks. Ian Shears coming up from CNET. We'll talk to him about a variety of things, including, you know, Senator Hawley had a bill where the Senate voted unanimously. How, how often does that happen to ban TikTok from government phones? Um, some others want to go further than that, banning TikTok overall. I know Marco Rubio is involved in that. We'll find out a little bit more from Ian here and talk a couple other tech issues as well. By the way, one of the issues I'm going to, or questions I'm going to ask him, can you get an iPhone 14? If you want an iPhone 14 for Christmas, is that even possible? I don't think it is for the most part. But we'll find out from Ian Joy Vitale from the Blues, who um, is on the road. The Blues in action tonight. We're going to talk about the uh, Blues, but also Joy was a Cardinal Glennon kid when he was really young. He had kidney issues. His story is amazing. I love that guy, by the way. He said, you know, when, when he was announced as Curb's um, partner when Kelly Chase left, I think a lot of people, and, and I'm not a big hockey person, so I was unaware of him. I thought, who is this guy? He has been fantastic. They make a great team. So Joy Vitale coming up a little bit later, and then we have audio cut of the day as well. Uh, Eddie Scholler's with us this afternoon. Fast Eddie, the owner of Fast Eddie's Bonaire in Alton, Illinois, who's also come through with some big donations for the Tree of Hope campaign. Eddie, how are you? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all that. Oh, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing good, man. Thank you very much. We are... Uh trying to help out as much as we can, you know? Well, absolutely, and we want to thank you for your generosity. I want you to kind of throw the gauntlet down, maybe inspire some people here, other business owners in the area. We're trying to close this campaign out very strong with a couple of days left for the kids at Cardinal Glennon. Well, they got to get out. Anybody that's uh, anybody from St. Louis or in this week, it is definitely one of the uh, the uh, the great it, – it, it's, it's just amazing to be there. It's, it, I mean, it doesn't even really need to be talked about. It's such a great thing. If you're doing it at all and you're – in my line of work, and you cut back a couple of beers and throw them that money. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a, it's a top. We're just, it's just, it's just a jewel, man. We're so blessed to have it, and and then you got to get out. You got to, you got to do. We've we've helped them now through uh, through the other stations on on the. And what you guys are doing is fantastic. And any way we can help it, and there are some giving people in the bar and, and restaurant industry, man. There, there's a whole lot of hardworking people that love giving back. And we all got kids, or we all know somebody that's been there. Right. Well, that, that's the thing. You don't want to be in that situation with, with your family. You know that other families are struggling. They need the help. All you have to do is text the word HOPE to 2357. That gets you a link back, and you can give generously. So what, what's the winter like at Fast Eddie's there in, in Alton? 
man, I'll tell you on that huge <laughs> outdoor heated patio, we don't know about winter. We're out, we're outside right now. It's uh, it's heated. It's, you know, you, you got a, you got a cold beer in your hand and it's not even cold out here. It's a, uh, it's, it, it's the, the winter is probably the best time when there's nothing else going on. It's probably our busiest season, you know, because it's, it's uh, come after the holidays. It'll, it'll go crazy. And the, and the, 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 the heated outdoor makes it real easy to, to trick them all into coming over. There is, there is just simply, I mean, I think you can say this casually and maybe be challenged on it on some things, but there is nothing like Fast Eddie's Bonaire in Alton if you've been there. I mean, the uniqueness, uh, you can't even describe it. And for people who haven't been, you got to get in there, right? You have to be 21, yeah, it's, though. It's it. It's 21 and over. It's, uh, it's definitely unique. It's uh, something that, that you can, you know, it's, it's, so, uh, it's so for everyone, you know. It's, you can, like I always say, you bring your grandma, you can bring your, you can bring your wife, you can bring your kids that are 21. You know, so it's for everybody, and that really makes it a good mix and a good crowd and a really good time. It's a de- it is a destination for like a twenty first birthday party for a lot of folks, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Exactly. Everybody, get out, and go help uh, Cardinal Glidden. That's what it's about. All right, Eddie. Hey, thank you, and you have a great Christmas. Appreciate All right, your help. Matt, you too. Merry All right, Christmas. Take care. Five eleven ninety seven one FM Talk St. Louis is home for conservative talk. I mentioned Joy Vitale's coming up, and that number if you want to text. Um, 2357, they'll get you a link and get inspired by Eddie and some of the other folks. Make a small donation, even if it's just 20 bucks, 25 bucks. It all adds up, and we're trying to close this out strong here in the next 24 hours for the kids at Cardinal Glennon. A lot of tech stuff to talk about, a ton of tech stuff. And we do that with Ian Shear, CNET editor at large, who's with us this afternoon. Ian, how are you? I, I'm doing okay. You know, we're, we're just going through the storm that's been going through the country. So, you know, they. they delayed school and everything and we're we're kind of having our experience yeah we we're off the hook on that one i mean i've seen a little coverage on the networks has it been snow and ice or what's what's the deal out there well they threatened snow it would have been the first time but i i imagine that all that hot air from capitol hill uh made the snow kind of melt before it hit the ground well, I hope you get through that. I did look ahead just because uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday. I was trying to at least keep my fingers crossed to take um, I'm taking a few days off next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I thought, you know what? Every once in a while in Missouri, this is probably true in D.C. too. You do get nice weather. We had a week ago Friday. It was beautiful last week. But I thought maybe that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it will be nice enough to maybe get out in the afternoon and play golf. And that is not going to be the case because like our high temperatures on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are barely out of the teens. So... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. Last year we had, it was nice and sunny on Christmas Day. This year the the Washington Post is tracking to see whether we'll have a white Christmas or not. We'll see. <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. We got, we got temperatures in the 30s. I'll take a peek here for folks that are listening. So yeah, Wednesday 19 with the overnight low 9, 13 for Thursday, 0 for the low. Friday is 13 and 5 and it doesn't get a whole lot better than that in Christmas Day. It looks wow. really, really cold. You usually get stuff like that just a couple of days after we do, I think. So yeah. Be ready for that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. All right, all right so let's, let's talk first and foremost uh, about the Twitter files. I thought this has been rather interesting. You know, I'm a guy that's actually talked about Matt Taibbi for a while on the air for the last couple of years just because he's been exposing some things in unique ways. So I wasn't completely shocked that Elon chose, uh, you know, him and, and Barry Weiss and Mike Schellenberger to expose some of this stuff. But what's in your world, in the tech world, I'll try not to bring you into the politics ever, Ian, on these things. Sure. But what, what's your observation from the tech side of thing and how that's all going? right now? I mean, I think what's been interesting about it is that uh, a lot of us who've been following Twitter for a very long time had a sense that the company was 
making decisions a little haphazard, right? And not to say that any of this stuff is ever uh, clean, right? I mean, if you look at the top decisions that happen in the White House, we read about them all the time, right? No matter the administration, there's always a bunch of backbiting and debate and all the stuff that happens that get, gets really messy. Well, Social media is very similar, and it seems as though the big thing that, that a lot of people, including myself over at CNET, worried about was that there wasn't kind of overarching leadership to make these calls, that they were making a lot of these calls ad hoc is you know what, how I would call it. And the thing that we've learned from uh, Elon Musk choosing uh, you know some journalists to publish this internal data from uh, Twitter is that uh, the man in charge, right, the guy who was signing his name to the SEC documents, Jack Dorsey, was not very involved, right, and he was not making these calls. In fact, sometimes he came in and reversed calls that were made. And, of course, you know, his deputies are, 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 are allowed to make decisions, but some of these things you would think would have involved him, and it's just surprising how little that he seemed to be engaged so then what what do you think, you know, obviously there's a little bit of a kerfuffle right now because Elon's trying to unblock people, but then the guy that tracks him with the airplane site, which has been somewhat controversial, I guess he cited a safety concern there. And right. that, that but is there inconsistency from Elon Musk? Is there some concern about that? Well, I have actually multiple times now, privately and publicly, asked Elon Musk to do a Twitter files on himself and release the information around how he decided to make these decisions around blocking the Elon Jet Twitter account, which uses publicly available information, right? That, that information is easily accessible through uh, government databases, and it's already delayed. So the concern about safety doesn't entirely make sense. But also to do that around conversations around when he was talking about uh, around Kanye, Right. He said initially he was going to allow stuff to be on there and he he was OK with uh, Kanye as he was and then suddenly decided he wasn't and came up with a decision very much like with Donald Trump. Right. Where a lot of people were like, this doesn't seem to match yeah, what they're arguing right. about. Yeah. yeah the right? banning, the and, banning and, of Trump. And, you know, that that's an interesting case. And I haven't talked about it because, look, you can you can actually I, I get why people wanted Trump gone and ban Trump and all that, especially after January 6th. But the the, the basis by which they actually made the decision was not according to the the plan that they really had in, in you know, I don't know what you would call it, the protocol. Right. Right. Well, and that, that's part of the problem. Right. Part of this is that social media is messy. Right. We're going to keep coming back to this. Right. And I think that the reality is that that when Musk took over, he made it seem easy and cut and dry on a lot of this stuff. And he said, you know, I support free speech. I'm an absolutist. And I believe that, you know, comedy should be allowed back on Twitter and everything. And over and over, he's shown that he's not okay with that, and that, in fact, he is banning people left and right over stuff that he disagrees with politically, as well as the stuff that makes him uncomfortable. And, you know, we're right back to where we were before he took over, except now it's one man making all these decisions, Elon Musk, instead of a group of people who, one thing we learned from the Twitter files, is that they were having real debates, right? They were really debating these things internally. There were a number of people who actually spoke up in favor of keeping certain accounts up. In fact, even Ro Khanna, a Democrat from Silicon Valley, a representative in Congress, 
pushed them about whether or not to bring back Donald Trump. And he and he said that a lot of these decisions need to air on free speech. So I think a lot of people who assumed that there was a political bent and there were decisions being made based on politics might have been surprised to learn that, in fact, they were very unsure about every decision they made all the way through. Well, I don't know where this is going to take us. I, I think people should expect um, some consistency from Elon as well, given you know the nature of how this has all come down. Um, I, I find it curious. But let's let's shift to another social media site, and that is TikTok, because <laughs> we have Senator Hawley proposing a bill to ban TikTok on government devices. That passes overwhelming, I mean, unanimously, so you don't get much better than that. Then there's Marco Rubio and others. They want TikTok gone in the U.S. And that's a national security threat, but it's a direct threat to our way of life, our economics. It's allowed them to interfere in the midterm elections. Now, Ian, you know I have had for a while in my household, I think I've told you this, a one TikTok a day policy because my wife was driving me crazy with these, especially during the pandemic, and I couldn't take it. I don't have it on my phone. It's not because I'm worried about spying, although I think I should be. It's just because TikTok kind of drives me crazy. So maybe I'd support a ban of TikTok for different reasons than Marco Rubio and others. But totally. it is, but it is, you know, I'm joking around here, but it is a serious security issue. So what happens here? You got millions of kids uh, on the one hand hand, there's a part of me that thinks, man, if Republicans want kids to never vote for them again, ban TikTok. On the other hand, it's a right. pretty serious issue. Maybe we do need to look at this. So is there middle ground on TikTok or not? This is what was really fascinating when Donald Trump was up against TikTok, right? Is that a lot of experts in security were saying, this is a debate worth having, even though the way he went about it, not everyone agreed. And I think what's, what's fascinating here is we are all concerned about the possibility of the Chinese government, which is very, uh, you know, embedded with all the companies there, right? Not like here in the United States, where at least there is some division, right? We've seen Apple push back on government quite a bit. We've seen other companies actually sue to try and fight the government on some of their requests. TikTok isn't like that, right? The Chinese government and all of the reporting we've seen about it so far suggests that the Chinese government has a lot more access to TikTok information than many of us would be comfortable with. And this is important because we have seen, uh, I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago it came out that some of these jogging apps, right, where people track their jogs as they're going and use GPS, they, the, some of these people were, were publicly sharing the map of where they jogged, and it turned out that people working in the military around top-secret nuclear bases were jogging around the nukes. And the maps were being showing up in the middle of nowhere in the, in the country, oh and suddenly we knew where our nukes were. So this stuff can be very serious, is my point. By the, the way, the, that's the G- why I support banning jogging, for, for instance. There's a good <laughs> example right there. Thank you. There you go. I will, I'll support it with you. And so I think, what's, I think what we have to really think about is, you know, we have to, we have to ask these questions about, you know, we have an app that is one of the most popular in the world that's being run by a country that we are politically very uh, in, a, in a tough situation with. And how do we make decisions about what we allow in terms of free speech, right? Because uh, this is the government we're talking about, right? The First Amendment applies. They are not allowed to decide these things. But if it's a down to national security, we need to have a serious conversation. And so I'm not surprised that the, that the Senate made this decision already. I'm not surprised that the debate is going on in the House. And I have a feeling that in the end, 
something's going to have to give. Something's going to have to change yeah. for people to be comfortable. That is interesting. Uh, Ian Sheriff from CNET with us, talking about a bunch of different things technologically related here as we head into the holidays. Uh, you and I have had conversations about crypto over the years, and I've always said, I don't get it. I can't get my arms around it. It doesn't makes my brain hurt. I guess I don't have to worry anymore. That whole thing's blown up, right? Well, it's blowing <laughs> up, right? It hasn't completely blown up yet. Uh, to, just for the record, um, you know, while Bitcoin is down from its highs of around $60,000 a Bitcoin, it's still around 17000 which is higher than it was four years ago. So, you know, look, I, I think the reality is that there is a lot of question about the amount of fraud that's happening in the crypto space. That's something that a lot of people were very, uh, not very mi- mindful of. And what I am appreciating right now is seeing the SEC, the DOJ, all sorts of arms of the government start coming down on the people who look like they're committing fraud on, on the uh, cri- crypto world and really threatening to put them in jail. And I'm going to be fascinated to see what these uh, what these lawsuits bring up. Uh, you may remember the most high-profile one, FTX, right? They had ads during the Super Bowl. They had sponsors. Uh, you know, they had celebrities involved. And now the guy who's, in, who's taken over in bankruptcy, who used to be in charge of Enron, right, he dealt with that bankruptcy, he said FTX is the biggest disaster he's ever seen. And I think that that says something, right? The fact that the crypto world has created Something worse than Enron, I think, has really, maybe it'll teach us all something. Man, you wonder. We don't seem to learn lessons very well here in this country. Uh, Let me ask you a Christmas (laughs) gift question. If I wanted or someone wanted an iPhone 14 Pro, we see the ads all the time before Christmas, is that even possible right now? It's really tough. You know, and part of this is, is actually down to COVID, right? A lot of the manufacturing centers have had to shut down partially because of zero COVID in China, but also because of sickness and everything else that it slowed down production. And Apple has publicly said they can't keep up with demand. So it's really hard to find one. I, my father-in-law is actually trying to find one. You would think <laughs> he's related to a tech journalist. He could find one, but it's think. very tough. So the thing is, what we recommend at CNET is we say, look, there are three ways that you can make sure to try and get one and not get scammed in the process, because scammers are aggressive during this time. They want you when you're most emotional. So the first answer is to check Apple's website. If you go to apple.com slash retail, they actually tell you what inventory is in the stores in real time, and you can check to see if they have the exact iPhone 14 Pro you want. The other option, and it takes a little more legwork, is to go to all the different carrier stores, Best Buy and Target, right? They don't publish that stuff online as much. They might have one. But the last thing we recommend is think about getting an iPhone 13. I know it's one number less that, that that's very emotional to deal with, but yes. uh, we, we've actually we've given it uh, our editor's choice before. We say it's an excellent phone, and yeah, it may not have the satellite thing that, that Apple does with the newer ones, but it's still a good phone if that's what you want. Interesting. Hey, one other thing I was going to ask you about. I saw something on CNET about Amazon trying to eliminate the barcode when it comes yeah. to uh, how did it, now is that just for Amazon or is that for everyone? Well, eventually everyone, right? So there's this idea called uh, called uh, computer imaging, where they're able to take a camera and with the computer and actually understand what's in front of them, right? And you've seen this every once in a while, right? Cameras pointed at a dog and suddenly has a little label "dog" above it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. what 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 Amazon decided to do was take these cameras and uh, and teach them all of the different products in their in their uh, in their warehouses. And what they did is they said, let's use these to identify a product instead of 
having to find the barcode. Because if you've been in grocery stores, you know, barcodes everywhere, right? It's under, underneath something. It's always in the wrong place. It's annoying. So they said they've already been able to cut down on the amount of time it takes to find something significantly just by using this system. It says um, you can ask an Echo Show smart display, Alexa, what am I holding? And um, that will, you know, result in an answer. Have you, by the way, on this note, I'll close with this because I never had this happen before. My daughter thought it was the funniest damn thing. And I have to admit that I thought it was pretty funny, too. I can't believe I'm doing this on the radio, Ian, but I'm going to do it anyway. Have you ever asked Alexa to fart? No, but okay. you just did for I, everyone else. I mean, you, you should do it because it gets very – I can't believe what they programmed in on that question. <laughs> it's it's sick but fun. It was a seven-and-a-half-year-old and her dad having a blast with this the other night. I'll leave you on that note. Have a great Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. You take care. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And on that very topic, the Blues are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers tonight. Joy Vitale will be calling that game with Chris Kerber on the radio side. He was also a Cardinal Glennon kid. So we're going to talk about Blues hockey, a little Trio Hope campaign as we try to close this campaign out strong in the next 24 hours. Mr. Joy Vitale, welcome back to 97.1 FM Talk. How are you? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing so great. I, I've loved, I love being a part of this uh, all week long. It's uh, one of my favorite weeks, and it just means so much that, that you guys are doing your part to, to help out that great hospital, which is all those wonderful people and the people they've helped throughout the year. So it's pretty spectacular. I'm happy to be here. Well, let, let's talk. Just before we get into all the other things, you have to share your story for folks who might have forgotten or don't remember it because you had issues when you were born and became a Glennon kid, didn't you? Yeah, so I was born in 1985 here in St. Louis, and then uh, very quickly after I was born, I was, I was the third boy to Sam and Mary Ann Vitale. I'm, I ended up becoming one of six, but I was the third boy at the time. And they, the doctor, uh, Dr. Regan at the time with Cardinal Glennon, found out you know there was something something maybe off with, with both sides of my, my abdomen, and he was just kind of feeling around. And, and what they uh, do some more, more studies uh, within a couple of days, they, they recognized that uh, I had two obstructed ureters. In, in both of my kidneys, so I wasn't I wasn't processing things, and, and there wasn't a um, um, a solution for 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 my my ability to um, basically just you know urinate and and kind of get a, get away from all, all the things the kidneys do for your 
all for your body. I right. wasn't doing that. And it was really, really tough for my parents, obviously, because they need to send me into surgery right away at six days old and not only recover or, or re, um, uh, not, not only do surgery on one kidney, but two. And that was a very, very low, low chance of survival for a baby who's only been, been a part of this earth for a couple of days. So they were obviously very nervous. And, uh, but they, they shipped me off to Carmel Glennon and the uh, great, great, great doctors and surgeons with Dr. Regent, Dr. Cheval took care of me at, at six days old. They did the surgery. It took quite a long time. I've had multiple surgeries since then. Uh, I had one at age three and age seven as well. Also to kind of repair because they said it was going to be something that it would maybe need some constant attention. Uh, but long story short, they, they saved my life at a very young age. And um, without, without them, I would not uh, be where I am today. And uh, I stand here proud of a wife, Brianna. We have five children. Uh, attended school and played hockey my whole career, obviously. Now with being a part of the St. Louis Blues organization with the, being a broadcaster, uh, I, I sometimes it, it does take a moment where I do sit back and intentionally just think about, you know, you know everyone does this, but, you know, where, where your life uh, has been, where is it at now, and where is it going? And, and certainly when I look in the past, uh, without Cardinal Glennon, I, I would not be here today. Yeah, was there, I mean, obviously you went through a lot of things when you were a kid. You were aware of the, the issues that you had with your, your challenges medically, but was there a point when you became a little older as an adult that you had the appreciation for what the team did at Glennon to help you through all this, and not only you, but your family as well? Yeah, to me, that that's really what it comes back to. You know, I have children now that have been to Karma Glennon and, you know, that, that, that will go there to see doctors. And I think back on what my parents go through. Now I have a parent's perspective. And the only thing I feel, uh, to be to be very clear and honest, is when I'm at Karma Glennon, it's just, uh, it, it's a different place because as patients come in, you, you walk in as a patient. But then they, they accept you as a person, if, that, if that's, if that's yeah. a kind of a clear way to say it. You know, and, and I think that with a lot of hospitals that I've also been a part of, I traveled a lot throughout, you know, my career, and, and you see lots of things. Uh, you walk in as a patient, and then doctors and nurses, they kind of treat you just like a patient. And you, and you feel like, you know, patient A, patient B, and, and that's just how it is. And, and there's, there's a lack of a personal connection. And the thing what's so cool about, you know, Cardinal Glennon that my parents witnessed, and this is why they're, they're still very involved with Cardinal Glennon, and certainly now me on the flip side, where as a parent, I see my kids be a part of it. You know, there, there's such a personal aspect where they want to get to know the child. And then as they get to know the child, what happens? There's a better investment into the child. And as a parent, you know that, you know, this is not just a doctor. This is Dr. Ryan. And Dr. Ryan knows my son is um, Harper. And then when, when there becomes a personal connection, you just feel like there's a much bigger investment and you just feel good as a parent. You know, and I remember the one doctor came in when my son broke his arm and he came in with like a clown nose and a couple squeaky toys. And he was only four at the time. And, you know, he spent the first 10 minutes just making him laugh and making him feel comfortable. I mean, there's just not a lot of hospitals that do that. You know, these doctors are busy. They come in and they, and they got to just see the patient. What's wrong? What happened? This is what I think. Let's get you the MRIs and we'll be out, out the door. Uh, but for him to spend, you know, five, 10 minutes just, you know, doing some magic tricks and doing some jokes, let him squeeze his, his nose on his, and make like a squeaking sound. I mean, that, that to me is what this place is all about. And uh, we're just so lucky in St. Louis to have it. Well, I was very lucky to take part. I've talked about this a little bit during the campaign. They invited me to do Glennon 101 a few months ago. So I did get there, you know, firsthand as much as possible, seeing some of the actual work that they do. I was in the ER. I saw the music therapy program and a lot of other things that they offer at Glennon. So we've had lots of great packages. I'm going to give a um, give a couple of items up here at the end of this interview. We'll see if we can raise some money here, Joey. So I appreciate that inspiration. 
inspiration from an actual Glennon kid. Let's talk a little blues hockey, uh, I guess. I suppose we should, right? This is what you do for a living. But I've only gone to one game. I went to that game on the 1st of December, and it was sort of uh, maybe a bit of a microcosm of this season because the Blues took a lead in that game against Carolina, and then the wheels came off in the second period. That was the one where Carolina scored three goals in like 55 seconds or something ridiculous like that. I'm sure you remember that one. I do. There was maybe a goaltender interference. They were kind of debating in the middle there. They decided not to challenge, and, and then it kind of the wheels kind of faint, fall off. Uh, I think it was just, just over a minute they scored three goals. I think you're absolutely right. So, yeah, that's been, that's been kind of a, um, a good snapshot in how the, the season's been going. And, you know, the, the good news is it's you know, nothing I don't think you need to panic about. You know, I, I, I'm over here in Edmonton right now doing the morning skate with the Blues, and you talk to the Oilers coaches, and, and they see the same thing, inconsistencies. Uh, I, I play for John Hines, the head coach of the Nashville Predators, who was just the town on the Blues last game. Same thing. Uh, he can't get his team to get more consistent. You know, needs more from the veterans. The young guys need to step up better. Uh, special teams are up and down. So it's kind of, um, it's, you know, the league's such a parody. It's, it's across the whole league, you know. So that's, that to me is, I guess, the good news uh, for a lot of St. Louis Blues fans is it's just not, not our problem. It seems to be everyone's problem. And, you know, I think the reason is it's just it's such a skillful league now. Like, it, it, this league isn't like it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago where you had, you know, just those dynamic goal scorers, and then it was a huge drop-off. Uh, the goalies, the goalie equipment has improved. The sticks, the sticks have improved. I mean, the technology of these sticks, I mean, everyone has skill coaches in the summertime. Everyone's just gotten so much better, and these players have developed at such a rapid rate over the last 15 to 20 years, and it's only going to get better. So I think when you have such great athletes, and they're all offensive-minded, like we're seeing in the league, I mean, everyone wants a Kale McCarr a defenseman that acts as a forward. All the defensemen now, they're trying to groom them to be those offensive guys. So it's offensive-minded. I mentioned the technology. The penalties are down. Uh, or excuse me, the penalties are up, which means the physicality goes down. So there's a lot more special teams. So guys are kind of afraid to kind of clutch and grab and get involved. So that opens up more ice for scoring. So with all those things, you're going to see two goal leads just evaporate like we saw last night with the Vancouver Canucks and Calgary game, you're going to see three goal games, three goal leads just completely evaporate. That's just the nature of the game right now. And that's just kind of how it's rolling. So although it is a bit of a blues issue, it, it seems to be an issue across the National Hockey League right now. So you're in Edmonton, as you mentioned, there's a game tonight, then Calgary and Vancouver and Seattle and uh, then Las Vegas before Christmas. I think you guys hopefully get home for Christmas, right? Cause the game in Vegas is on the 23rd, but this is a hell of a road stretch, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. I mean, this is the, one of the longest ones of the year. And, of course, my wife and I, like I mentioned, we have five children between the ages of 1 and 11. So after road trips like this, I, I get pretty used to walking in the door, and, and, and the, the wife just hands me the young baby, and then she goes upstairs and just closes her eyes for a few minutes. And a uh, very well-earned rest uh, for yes. however long she needs to take it. But, you know, these, these road trips get, can be tough. They can be long, especially this time of the year as you're heading into Christmas. You know, a lot of these Blues players have wives and family as well and children. So it could be tough, but, again, it's a part of the job. And um, they're, they're excited to get this road trip started off here tonight against Conor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers before a quick back-to-back against the Flames. And then they go to Vancouver, Seattle, and then they finish in Vegas, like you said. So some big Pacific team matchups here on this road trip. The good news is they're 6-2 and two when they have played teams within this division. So they've had a lot of success within this division. So this is going to be a huge road trip heading into Christmas because Doug Armstrong, like most GMs, uh, they got to try to figure out what they're going to want to do with their team moving forward. So, I mean, you, I, I'm sensing you said this, I think you're, you're not panicked. I mean, there's time to write the ship. There are some things that the blues are doing. I think that are uh, maybe better than they were doing a month ago, but you've seen this frustration from Craig Berube. Um, I'm curious about your thoughts on the goaltending because not all of this is, is on Bennington, but that has not quite been as sharp as expected either. Has it? You know, the goaltending has been up and down, right? I mean, listen, Jordan Bennington was su- 
superb to start the year. And the problem was that he wasn't really getting the run support or he wasn't getting the support in front of him. Yeah. I mean, he'd have games where he had 40-plus shots and they would lose the game, you know, 4-3 to or 4-2 to or whatever, something like that. And, and then now uh, with the team play going back up and his plays going back up, it's kind of coming together. Uh, but at the beginning, he was playing great, but the team in front of him was not playing great. And then we went through this really bad slide where the team still wasn't playing all that great in front of him, defending hard, and then his game started to slide, and that's when we saw that seven-game losing streak, right? So, you know, now it's coming together where the team game's back, his game's back, so it's all it's all seems to be coming together just at, you know, a really good time heading into the holiday. Uh, one thing about Jordan Bennington, I think he's always been a great responder, and, you know, he gets pulled from that Pittsburgh game uh, a couple weeks ago. He goes into Madison Square Garden after getting pulled in that one. He let in a weak goal from Keandre Miller in the third period. That lost in the game. And then he sat for two games. And Craig Brewery's like, you know what, this kid needs a reset. He's played a lot of hockey. We're going to give him a reset, give him a little rest. Spent the next two games on the bench as Thomas Grice took over the net for two games. But then you put him back in, and this is exactly the kind of response you want. If he comes in for that Colorado game, he was terrific. Uh, unfortunately, they lose that game in overtime with the Miko Ranson overtime goal, but you do get a point. And then he went back-to-back against the National Predators the other night, and he was uh, dynamic and, and outstanding and, and you know, athletic and was springy, and he was just commanding and making those glove saves and smothering when he needs to. He played the puck great, and he gets a shutout. So then now his game's starting to come back. He will be the starting goaltender here tonight. He did get his other shutout here in Edmonton back in October. So to me, when you're, shut, when you're shutting out Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, that just shows you how good this kid can be. Uh, his game seems to be coming back after he got pulled. And obviously the team game, with a lot of veterans leading the way right now, that seems to be coming back as well. So hopefully it all continues to come back to this next five-game uh, road trip against all these specific teams. Well, enjoy the road trip, survive the road trip, uh, and then get back here for Christmas with those kids and enjoy that. And then you got a little stretch in St. Louis, which will be fun for the holidays as well. But thank you so much for talking a little hockey, Joey, and also inspiring us for the uh, the end here as we kind of close out the Tree of Hope campaign from an actual Glennon kid many, many years ago. I appreciate it. Thank you, Joey. Of course. Anytime. Thank you for your part in doing all this and for all the great people at Carnegie Glennon. Thank you not only for saving my life, but for all the children that walk into that place and, and how well you take good care of them. Let's go Blues! We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, one more thing I want to get to here before we wrap up. Tom Homan is with me. He was the acting ICE director for President Trump. And this situation with Title 42 at the border is going to get a little crazy here. Let's talk about that. Tom Homan, how are you? Doing all right. How are you doing? Well, I'm okay. I, I think I'm glad I'm not a, a border agent or someone dealing with all this. I think we could say that for the past few years, but this is about to get even nuttier, isn't it? Yeah, when Title 42 ends, uh, there are going to be more crossings, and, which is going to lead to a lot of different things, right? More illegal immigration, which means uh, Border Patrol is already overwhelmed to the point they got 70 to 80 percent of their agents pulled from the line to process. So when Title 42 has more come across, of course, they'll have to pull more agents off the line. And the downside effect of that is more fentanyl is going to come across and get away, more gang members are going to come across and get away, and it's just no suspected terrorists going to see a, a, a great opening for that to sneak into the country. Now, Border Patrol's already wrapped to 116 known suspected terrorists trying to sneak into the country since Joe Biden became president. With an open border, you got 80, 90% of the agents off the line. That is 
very vulnerable to a national security threat. So this is not a good story playing out at all. Do you, do you think, let, let me start with this question before we get into some of the other stuff, though. Is there a chance still, and I don't know all the ins and outs legally, that this could still be halted by a court, Tom, because there are suits that are in the works, right? Yeah, it can always be, but your administration is not telling people. Because my Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, says, well, I have no control over this. This is CDT. This is a court order. But you know what he does have control over? The Remain in Mexico program. He could turn that thing back on tomorrow and do what the Trump administration did and hold all the people south until their hearing date. That's what they could do. But they won't because they they haven't done one thing to try to secure this border, and they're not going to. Is it just me, or this is should speak volumes right now. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, he's not exactly uh, a conservative, right? He's not exactly someone who has been criticizing what's been going on at the border. He says that this is going to be a mess for California. So finally, he's getting involved. Why aren't there more voices like Gavin Newsom all along? Because we've been trying to warn Gavin Newsom and others about this. You've been talking about this for years, Tom. Yeah, but, you know, he needs to own part of this, too, because you know, his state's a sanctuary state. He gives driver's licenses. He That's gives right. state ID. He gives uh, in-state tuition. He gives free medical care to illegal aliens. So you know what? He's an enticer for more people to come to this country. He owns part of this. So if, if, he, if he was a governor that actually believed in uh, enforcing the law and, and, and uh, legal immigration versus illegal immigration, then, then, then he'd be someplace. Yeah, look, absolutely. Gotta, and look, we are, we are already had trying to cross the border and Joe Biden, which is a record by far. If he really cared about these migrants and their safety, he wouldn't want to secure the border because secure border saves lives. And we got over 100,000 Americans dying from fentanyl that comes across that border. So any of these governors, if you really care about American lives, if you really care about migrant lives, then help us secure the border, for God's sakes. No kidding. It's, it's kind of laughable that Gavin Newsom says this to ABC News. He says, we're already at capacity of nine of our sites. We can't continue to fund all these sites because of the budgetary pressures now being placed on this state and the offsetting issues that I have to address. The reality is, unless we're doing what we're doing, people will end up on the streets. Well, yeah, that and, and that's your doing, to your point, Tom. He's a part of this as well. And now, when push comes to shove and this disaster is in front of him, he finally speaks up. That's nice of Gavin Newsom, isn't it? Yeah, well, he made that bed to sleep, and I don't like the guy. Uh, he's, he's the most liberal governor out there. And on and, and, and top of all of this, if you're an illegal alien in the state of California and you're convicted of a serious offense, serious public safety offense, they won't call ICE. They have no cooperation with ICE. They won't take ICE detainers. ICE isn't allowed in their jails. So you know what? I, he made the bed and let him sleep in it. I hope, I hope every one of them had to California. Well, I think a lot of them are going to head to California, but talk about some of these numbers. What are, what are we seeing right now at the border? I mean, these numbers are outrageous right now, and now it's going to be on steroids, right, Tom? Yeah, right now they're averaging eight to 9,000 a day. Uh, you know, the, 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 the surge has already started because that even took the teleport to us on lifted yet, but you got the Hill talking about amnesty, so people are trying to rush the border, try to get over to this amnesty program. Every time, the, every time they talk about amnesty, it causes an increase in border crossings. These idiots on Capitol Hill, the last thing they should be talking about right now in the middle of this historic surge is any type of amnesty, any type of DACA. You're just throwing out, you're throwing out a hand bone. I mean, why the hell would you do that? I mean, any of these congressmen and senators have been there for more than a decade. No, every single time you talk about giving something away, they're going to come. Look what happened to DACA. President Obama, he created DACA. What happened in the next 10 years? Hundreds of thousands of family units and kids come across that border because yesterday's family unit, yesterday's UAC, 
is tomorrow's DACA. They're waiting for the next DACA. We got to stop rewarding illegal behavior. But the numbers are going to be outrageous when they look at Title 42. I'm um, here. My sources is that they may be processing people in Mexico, giving them a document to walk through a POE. That immigration went down. It hasn't really went down. He's just legalizing illegal immigration. So if this if if this happens the way we think it is and Title 42 expires and the border gets flooded even more, then what happens next then? I mean, is there a solution? This is kind of a stupid question. I, I, what do you do? What does the administration do? What do people like you and others that are concerned about the border do? What's the response? I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I'm suing the hell out of the administration. I've filed more affidavits sued by the administration on the immigration policies. We're 6 and all. Our, our, the federal courts agree with us that not only are they ignoring the law, they're violating the law. There's a lot of lawsuits pending right now, but the good thing is when Republicans take back the House, they can start having oversight hearings. And I'll help them subpoena the right people, subpoena the right information, and there'll be so much damning information coming out of this thing that even some of the Democrats, especially the 24 that are up for Senate election in, in two years, they're going to have to admit this is a crisis and they need impeached by Orcas. And when the, and when, the, when the elections roll around in 2024, they're going to have to admit there's a crisis and, and take some action on it, or they're not going to be reelected. So the oversight committee is going to be a lot. We're going to impeach Mayorkas, which is going to be a lot, and we'll hold Senate Democrats who are up for reelection accountable. Tom Homan, keep on him. I appreciate it. You have a great Christmas. Thank you, Tom. Well, you too, sir. Bye-bye. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. And it is sponsored by my friends at the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. What would I do without Senator John Kennedy? He's tough. He's tough as a pine knot. And and the man's got guts. He's got he's got oranges the size of beach balls. And 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 and, and, and thanks thanks to Elon Musk. Thanks to Elon Musk. You're right. We're we're gonna have to get some new conspiracy theories. Because the old ones turned out all to be true. He's got oranges the size of beach balls. There he is, Senator John Kennedy, always providing audio cuts of the day. Have a great night. We're back tomorrow. It's a roundtable at 3 o'clock. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.